Hello everyone, Carter here, bringing you another episode of Out of the Hourglass, presented by Nolan Consulting Group. Today's episode features two very special guests, NCG's managing partner Brian Nolan, as well as NCG partner and Nolan painting owner Kevin Nolan. They join Molly for another discussion on lessons in leadership, not only to share what they've implemented themselves, but also what they've learned from business owners around the country. Additionally, we know the winter months are coming. How are you preparing your cash reserves for the upcoming COVID winter and the uncertainty that it will bring? Brian and Kevin take a dive on this to help you envision your business for the rest of 2020 and into 2021. Thanks for listening, and as always, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Enjoy the show! All right, let's do it. Thanks, Carter. Uh, So I'm very happy to be back with Nolan Brothers. Brian Nolan, managing partner of Nolan Consulting Group, and Kevin Nolan, CEO of Nolan Painting and partner of Nolan Consulting Group, for another Lessons in Leadership conversation. Brian, Kevin, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be here. So this is a series that we started back in early June. Uh, We met with you both to discuss the challenges faced as a result of COVID, the instability of the current environment, and how you were both trying to channel channel some strength uh, and utilizing the, the leadership lessons from the past to to kind of stay present and move forward. So I think it's time we reconnect. It's been a couple months. Yes. Uh, so we need a state of the union, a state of affairs from both of you on your businesses, how you're still channel- channeling resilience, uh, looking ahead and staying out of the hourglass as much as possible. So shall we begin? Yes. Uh, Maybe I right. should go first because then I could talk about my company and then you could talk about all the companies of the people that you're. Okay, go for it, Kev. Right. All right. You want to go first? You were born first anyway, go for <laughs> Let's it. start with you, Kev. You're going to die um, first Kev, anyway, so happened, go first. What's happened in the last the last two months since we last connected? Has it been only two months? Yeah. Wow. Um, so a lot's happened. Um, and um, I'm feeling a lot better than I did two months ago. And <clears throat> so uh, COVID is a nuisance. It's definitely a nuisance in my life. But it's not overwhelming my life. I have other, other problems, I'm happy to say. <laughs> um, the weather the last couple of weeks, I always have a problem customer I have to deal with. Um, I have an IRS a, a D, a problem that I'm dealing with regarding my 401k. I had a guy fall off a ladder and get uh, kind of badly hurt. <clears throat> He's going to be okay, but he did break his back. So oh I had some OSHA issues. So I'm um, back to sort of normal problems, um, and um, generally speaking, though, business is good, really good. Uh, the phone ringeth off the hook, which is kind of annoying because I can't really handle it all. Um, originally, I would feel like I had made a mistake that I hadn't judged it right, that I hadn't built enough capacity, but obviously in this kind of crazy world, it's, it's hard to judge myself in that regard. Uh, basically, the, there's a lot of business and we can't take it all in. And what am I going to do about it? Um, hopefully they're there later when business starts to slow down that mm-hmm. it, it won't completely slow down. But uh, we had a good month last month. Uh, we did 1.1 million, which if you would have asked me in April if we'd ever do 1.1 million um, in the month of July, I would have said no way. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, we're running about 93 feet in the street, about 21 or 23 uh, staff. And... Um, so the, uh, the bigger issues that I really face are how to communicate with my employees. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, still really struggling with that. Uh, but that's okay. I'll struggle the rest of the year and figure something out. Um, As a result of um, size and not being able to bring everyone together? Yeah, mm-hmm. just not being able to have face-to-face meetings. There are still some employees I haven't seen. 
and some of it's by design. And I mean, everybody says you need to be staying in sort of smaller groups and smaller right. pods. And that's a, that's what I'm doing. I mean, I see I see leaders, but I don't see the whole team. And we try to limit exposure so that if if there was an outbreak of any kind, it wouldn't run through the whole company, right? It would go through a couple people that work together and, and not the whole company. Um, incidentally, so I have had about, I guess, about eight or nine issues. It's kind of annoying. It's every day, every week. Somebody either feels like they have symptoms or uh, are told that they've been exposed to somebody and they need to um, quarantine or get tested. So we kind of have our own policy, which we put together, which is um, we tell them they need to get tested. They have three days to get tested, and we'll pay them for those three days, and then we'll pay them to wait for the results. So that, that's a little different than the law. The law says you have to pay up to 14 days, I believe. Um, but um, we're, we're forcing them to get tested. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't get tested, then we're not going to pay them. And then that way, I mean, obviously, uh, there's nobody that's going to be enforcing most of these things. So, but we've had that happen about eight or nine times. And, um, you know, maybe we'll be able to claim some of it as a tax credit. I don't know. Um, also, I had a field manager recently just the other day tell me that they need to take off 12 weeks. This is a person, this is a new new field manager that I've invested a lot in. He needs to take 12 weeks off while he um, schools his children at home because of virtual schooling. It's a little different than last time. It's actually sitting in front of a camera while uh, class is being taught. So it requires more supervision. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we need to pay them that, and then we'll get a tax credit for that. So, so I mean, those are sort of nuisance problems, no question about it. But thankfully... There's been no real issues in our lives with COVID. Um, and then, of course, the, 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 my big story is I just got back from a two-week, 5,000-mile camping trip with my wife. We traveled um, through much of the country and did hiking and camping, camped um, every night, and really got back into what you just said a minute ago about, about being in the present. Mm-hmm. You're really in the present when you're camping. Like, you're worried about... You how you're going to wash this dish totally. and how you're going to tidy up your site and yeah. then do the rest of your day. Right. And it really was good for my head. So um, anyway, that's the 30,000 foot. Well, welcome back from, uh, from a wonderful trip away. Thank yeah, you. you know, so uh, Kevin and I run each week and we do kind of a run reality check, I call it, uh, particularly this year. You know, where are we? Where's life? Um, uh, so I'll pull back a little bit and just sort of talk about the home improvement industry. Obviously, is crushing it right now. Home improvement, in some cases, companies have double the leads. Uh, not to that, interrupt, but I'm not sure if you saw Home Depot report numbers came in yesterday, and they were really high. Makes sense, right? Exactly. They're out yeah. of things you go for. Um, balance sheets of the companies that we coach are the best that I've seen ever. Um, but there's a strange dichotomy that's happening. Um, I was, I was talking to a guy going for a job in the corporate world, and he was one out of 300 applicants. Uh, very qualified, didn't even get called in. Um, in the trades, there's no applicants. Um, I hear uh, clients say there's too many apprentices. We can't find skilled people. Um, so those who innovate will win. Um, one client uh, is doing a painting academy where they're bringing apprentices in for three weeks. Kev, your company has moved towards bringing in managers from other industries, you know, thinkers. And so if you bring in managers from other industries, you can teach them a trade, and then you have apprentices. 
Um, there, there's a little bit of what I'm calling COVID crazy, or COVID anxiety that's happening right now. Uh, uh, there's a fear of a COVID winner. Um, we don't want to try and scare you through this podcast. We want to prepare you through this podcast. Um, we believe that it's time um, to preserve cash. Uh, Profit First is a real good book. Kevin and I just read. It talks about having different accounts, having a tax account, a reserve account, a profit account. Your reserve account is your vault account. Very important that you you have that. So um, it's time to uh, prepare. So it's. I think it's safe to say. You know, we were saying we we don't want to scare. Um, folks listening on this podcast, we want to prepare them. And so preparing them with an attitude of resilience, of facing kind of the marathon ahead. Um, when we were just actually out running, we were talking about what does resilience mean? And it was pretty clear to me that resilience means something different to both of you. So, uh, Brian, let's start with you. Yeah, so what I'll, does res- how, how do you define resilience I, I here? I don't want to overdo the word. I want to just sort of talk about what it means in my world and what I coach on. Um, if you do look at a definition, Resilience, it's a capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, to withstand or adjust to a challenge. The antonym, or, or the opposite, is to be delicate, weak, and in, not uh, flexible. No one wants to be delicate, no one wants to be weak. But you know, let's talk about what it really is. My dad used to always say, Brian, why worry? Don't worry, prepare. And I, I said, much easier said than done, but it's a mindset. Um, you know, um, it's good. Uh, do you know at times when like things are going so good, you're just waiting for something to go wrong? Yeah. Well, right now we just have to expect it. We got to expect a belly blow, and uh, there's We're just this waiting for something to go right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but isn't it hard to live in that limbo land of like, uh, we're good, we're good, we're good, but something bad's coming? It is. It's tough. So you gotta, you, you just gotta look for like in, in the day. You have to expect it. Kev, one of your best quotes that. Customers of ours quote all, all, all the time is, what about problems? Have them and eat them for breakfast. Eat, eat, eat them for breakfast. So sometimes someone will call me up and say, Brian, I've had a big breakfast this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a great, a great author, Jocko Willink, uh, from Extreme Ownership. He, he gets maybe overly extreme. He says, problems? Hmm, good. It's an opportunity to get better, opportunity to work harder. Uh, so I think uh, resilience, really, for me, it, it, it calls upon me to be better. It, it calls upon me not to give up. Um, and it's a close partner to persistence. So that's another word uh, that you want to go through. Um, resilient people don't beat themselves up. They're not victims. They learn from it. They tackle problems. They control what they can. They don't spend time wishing things were different. Mm. Uh, they... Think about how they'll, how they'll do it differently next time. Um, Kev, you, you've got maybe well, a broader context here. Well, I, I totally, I mean, obviously, I see myself as resilient, and I totally get where you're coming from with it. Um, I guess when I have been thinking about it over the last week, I've been thinking about resilience means you're getting beat up. And um, particularly after I came back from this trip and all, I kind of resigned myself where I wasn't going to allow myself to feel like I was being beat up that, like I just told you about some of the problems I was having, those are the problems that I, that's my job is. My job is to handle those type of problems. So don't be feeling like a victim or being beat up every day. Just feel like, uh, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm pretty good at it. 
and this is what I do. So now I'm thinking more in terms of endurance. Um, so this, this COVID winter, this COVID time of our lives here is, is going to end someday. It definitely is. But we all now have come to the determination it's not ending soon. And so when you're in a marathon, you know, when you, when you run a marathon, you're at mile, you always do these like checks. Mm-hmm. And I, I usually do like a check at mile eight. And if I have even the twinge of dif- discomfort at mile eight, that's even bad. a twinge. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. You know it. Your head gonna starts going. you're going to have a long day. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know you're going to be uncomfortable at mile 20. There's just no question about it. But the, the, uh, the, the psych about it was, as I was planning for marathons and thinking the night ahead of time, like, it isn't really like 26 miles of agony. It is not. If it was, I wouldn't do it. It is um, 18 or 20 miles of really good time and a few miles of agony. And who can't stand a few miles of agony? <laughs> so it's endurance that I'm cultivating. Um, and some of the other emotions that I'm trying to cultivate in terms of, like, what it's going to take to get through this is patience. Um, so I'm not a patient person, but I need to cultivate those thoughts and those things. Um, I am a resilient person. I don't have to cultivate resilience, but I do have to cultivate, like, gratitude. I have to cultivate understanding um, and compassion for, for my other uh, employees and things because you see people going through it in different ways. I mean, that, that manager who was telling me that he has to take this 12-week Family First Act, I could see the agony that he was having. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I think he was way more agonized than I was. You know, I'm naturally I'm thinking, well, how does it impact me? It messes my life up in mm-hmm. a big way. Well, what about him? You know, and he's going to be a long-term employee. How does it affect him? And um, so I immediately start to feel some, some compassion for him. And I find that when I start to invoke these very much in the moment, real um, feelings and emotions, um, and the good ones, not the, not the angry, uh, frustrated ones, but the good ones, that um, I'm a lot more at peace and I can start to handle um, the day-to-day challenges a lot more. Gratitude is one of these things where you, you want to talk to yourself, not listen to yourself. We talk about that all the time. You're, because your subconscious is going to bring up all kinds of worries and, and concerns and what-ifs, and it's going to sure. take over your brain th- space. And when you think of gratitude, if, you, if you're deliberate about gratitude, my sister Kathy sets her watch every day at noon, and it goes off, and no matter where she is, she stops, and she says what she's thankful for. And it's a mindset change, and it's key. I was just going to say, it's, it's finding the time that you're going to hold that gratitude um, and respect it, whether it's setting your watch at noon and taking that time, whether it's I go for walks every day to clear my mind, I go for runs, I meditate, I read a nice book. Like, I think you have to find ways that give yourself a mental break that allow you to then come back and revisit the hard things. I'm even grateful for the fact that I have a clear mind, that I can think through these problems. But you, but you chose to set aside time yeah. to get your mind clear. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't do that, that's how burnout happens even quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to actually think about this thing like you think about anything important in your life. You have to work at it. Yep. Right. You have to schedule it. You yeah. have to schedule the mental break and the time for gratitude. One of the things that's so powerful about gratitude as an emotion is it, it literally pushes everything else out. It does. It literally, if you can take the moment to take an inventory of how wonderful your life is, 
it pushes out all the all the bad stuff. It's that deep, it's deep breath. It's it's yeah. Okay, life's good. Yeah. All right, we can do this. This isn't mumbo jumbo. You gotta do this stuff. <laughs> you know, you or have to. You're gonna lose it because that that really reflects on your capacity to handle those problems that we were talking about. Your ability to handle a lot is on your ability to come up with some of these what you call defense mechanisms or tools yeah. that you need, that, I mean, life hacks that you need to figure out how yeah. to handle more. I have a, uh, a journal exercise that I do. It, it has four columns, and, and it, it's good to get things out of your head. Kevin, you've always said that, whether it's your vision or your plan, but your thoughts become circular in your head, your thoughts of yeah. fears and what could be, and it starts to circle whether it happens at four o'clock in the morning or during the day, and it ruins your day. It takes yep. over your mind. So when you journal, you put down those thoughts. In the second column, you put down the impact of those thoughts. In the third column, you put down the affirmation, which is the gratitude. And then you don't have to think about them anymore because they're out. Exactly. Yeah. And then, um, so journaling things down is pretty important there. So in recognizing, you know, the things that we need to do to kind of be looking forward, um, what should or what are we recommending that clients and just, you know, the general public be doing now? I mean, Brian, I'd love to hear from you kind of what, what is NCG advising clients? And then Kevin, you know, what are you doing in Nolan Painting as you look towards the next couple of months? Well, you know, we said back in April, um, how can you plan, 90-day plan? You never knew what was going to happen next week. Um, Believe it or not, things are a little clearer now. Um, COVID's not going away, uh, at least for some period of time. It will go away someday, yep. but um, th there's going to be uh, issues with with uh, your kids in school. There's going to be uh, issues with whether or not you're going to be able to work interior in someone's house. So we do uh, we do suggest getting your planning team in order uh, and uh, scenario plan, scenario plan what it might look like. So you're ready for it. We do think you should stockpile cash. Uh, your accountants are going to say to you, boy, you got a tax problem. You may want to buy some stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we're saying to you, you have a tax problem. Save your money. Uh, don't buy some stuff. Your money is king in, in a tough time. Uh, we, we suggest starting your war on winter early. Uh, start to fill those buckets of work. Have um, development plans with some of your key people. Watch your key people, because your key people are starting to get anxious. They're dealing with their own problems at home, whether it's with their, they're trying to be a, a parent, a husband, a wife, and a so teacher to the students. Be compassionate. And help them look into the future. This is your time to lead. If you're in commercial work, uh, be seriously thinking about what target industries are not going to be impacted as much. If you're painting office buildings, uh, you may want to switch off because office buildings are um, not spending money because there's not a lot of occupancy. Kev, well, the, you know, this, this does balance the look six months out, enjoy the present, right? It, that's a dichotomy. But if you look six months out, you plan for it, now you can enjoy the present because you've done the planning for those six months out. I do want to highlight um, a recent blog that our NCG coach, Andrea M. Ryan, um, wrote back in um, July about kind of looking ahead for the winter and planning and saving for cash. It's called Building Your Cash Fortress, and he highlights a couple KPIs that we encourage you to be looking at, um, including having 30 plus days of cash on hand, yes. 
because you don't know what is coming. And so if we can prepare in certain ways and feel confident in the playing that we're doing now, you, you'll weather the storm. Uh, but we highly encourage um, listeners to take a read of that blog. But moving over to Kev, uh, what are you, you know, at Nolan Painting, what's, what's happening in the present as you are planning for the next six months? Um, well, right now, I've tried to keep everybody very occupied on the sort of mental growth of the company, and I've been jamming books down their throats. Um, I, I literally bought 50 credits from Amazon and started giving out books to employees, and we, we just did first break all the rules, which is a really thick one, uh, but we, then we spent four weeks reviewing it. So my Wednesday morning operations meeting is a half live with about 14 people, and then the other half on Zoom call. And um, <clears throat> I find that it's invigorated me 6 a.m. Wednesday morning, I show up with a purpose. Um, I've joked that this is my final mission in, in my next five, four or five years is to transfer all my culture and force feed it into everybody. Um, but um, we've, we've, uh, we have a program that we built uh, during the actual original quarantine um, called Learning Competencies. Um, and we have learning paths for for the skill sets of our of our employees, but we have learning competencies for the leadership pieces, and we have learning competencies for field managers, learning competencies for crew leaders and job leaders. So many of you know that's the way I have the company structured, um, and so we've been reviewing them every single week at a Wednesday morning, picking one, reviewing a book. We've been doing book reports and book clubs. I've been really forcing it sending out books, asking people about them, just trying to keep the topic non-COVID, right? Just trying to keep the topic about what the world is, um, what we can do in this new world. Like, so for instance, the first Break All the Rules book was really appropriate because since I can't meet with all my employees anymore, what's the number one reason why people quit the, their job? They don't like their boss. So in many cases, I'm training the bosses how to be good bosses and how to push down the culture that I, I want uh, to the employees since I can't actually do it. So it's sort of giving me a real driving force of what I need to be doing. Um, another thing that we did, which was, has been kind of interesting and surprising, is um, so we went to total online feedback report cards. So I'm a customer service business. I do 3,000 homes a year, at least did last year. Um, and it's really important that I know how we're doing. And that I don't find out just about the problems, that I find out all the things that are happening. So we used to have a report card. Many of you have seen it if you listen to this podcast. Um, it was a paper report card. It was given to me under the job. Now it's an electronic report card. And we've done it all automated through Smartsheets, so no one even has to tabulate it. But I'm constantly getting in report cards from uh, clients electronically. Um, and then we also signed up for a, a program called Broadly which pings customers two or three times after the job for online reviews. So um, between the two of them, I'm getting a 77% response rate um, from my clients in terms of whether they're happy or not. And the Is that customers higher? are really, really happy. Is that higher than before when you yeah, were Yeah, it's even higher than it was before, which I was afraid that we had a system that was doing in the mid-60s I was afraid that we would anything we did to change that would only get worse because that was a really high number. Um, so the customer service has been um, really high, and that's um, been um, been good reassuring. Uh, we've done virtually no advertising 
other than um, some Google stuff uh, the whole summer. Um, so we went from spending way too much at the beginning of the year as part of a gamble to try to get a lot of business, then stopping virtually no advertising, no radio, no TV. Um, and now we're going to do heavy advertising again, we think, in November, December, right after the election, um, and get some TV and radio going again and get the interest up. We've, we have found that if we, send, if we put a sizable investment into a media campaign that we can get tremendous results. So um, that's our plan. But to your point, Brian, and I think it's really important to talk to other people about your money besides just your accountant, because your accountant has a singular purpose, which is to lower your tax rate. And they don't, they don't even care how much money you have in the bank. They just want to get your tax rate low. So you need to talk to your coach about how much money you have mm -hmm. and where to put it and how to save it so that you have um, more money. Because we can't expect anything like PPP ever again in our lives. So That was came, a gift. Was that a was gift. a gift. Yes. That's why balance sheets are good. Yes. So let's not spoil that money. Mm -hmm. So uh, kind of our, our primary focus now, too, is you know how do business owners stay out of the hourglass? A lot have either gotten to a place where they've, they're working out of the hourglass or they're working so hard to get there. How do you now... Um, as you go into the winter, where you have to have a little bit more control on things, how do you not catch yourself from falling back into? Yeah, so you know you got to start by realizing you are the captain of, of a ship, and if you're a captain and you're down below in the engine room, you're not steering the ship. Uh, so the thing that I, I've been doing lately with some of my larger um, customers is helping them get out of the hourglass by uh, looking at their daily task lists. So they'll they'll write down everything they've they've done for an entire week and then look at it and say what is it on that list that I and only I can do and those are the things that I need to do and I need to really begin delegating because you can't be looking out you can't be planning you can't be keeping calm if you're invoicing doing lots of sales and uh, scheduling uh, you've got to you got to look at every problem um, as an opportunity to coach stop becoming the, the king problem solver in your company uh, be a coach, so teach other people how to do that. Make a list of the skills you need to replace yourself. So how important are um, position visions in this context as you think about your people and delegating the skills out to them? Yeah, so we'll, we'll do a shout out to our Andrew Amrine, who's, who's big into this from, from lots of his studies. Uh, position vision is when a CEO uh, doesn't just give someone a job description, uh, they give the position of what success looks like in this role. So if you follow the uh, e-myth, uh, the systems run the business, the people run the systems. And uh, it's your job to communicate what winning looks like in each position that's there. Here's what success looks like. Here's what behaviors I look for. Uh, here's the reports that we need. Um, so you won't be able to plan to stay calm if you're, if you're in the engine room. And so, Kev, how are you using your management team um, kind of in this respect as you continue to, you know, see in the next couple of years, you know, where you want to be um, and not let this hiccup interrupt that? Well, I mean, I, it's, it's not much different than I originally was doing. I mean, obviously, I've been trying to act as a CEO for at least the last five years now. 
which meant that you know I, I didn't have any central role other than the than the business planning and sometimes I would joke I was responsible for the top line and the bottom line and everything in between but the reality of it was is I was really responsible for sort of setting the target which was the the direction um, and then the bottom line which was just protecting to make sure that there was profits at the end of the day um, the day-to-day -day operations I think you said up there before Brian is is if somebody else can do it they should do it um, and you know there's always this joke that they can't do it as good as you can and I would maintain the opposite is true that if you really work true to yourself that you would find out that people do it better than you do it that people do financials better than you do financials they do creative better than you do creative they do sales better than you do sales and that should be your job is to find people that do better that even you if they can do it um, almost as good as well, you and can, then if you're dropping the you, ball, lots of people who could do almost. And let's say you're people. doing it on your own domain. You know, maybe you are better at something, but somebody is dedicating full time versus you, right. dividing yourself up exactly. into all these areas and not getting to it. Um, it's just an excuse to not be a good leader. So, um, but yeah, no, it's really real. I talked before about being in the fourth quarter, and now I'm talking about being in the final mission. So I'm really clear that I need to train people to take over my job. And um, so now when we have a tough customer, um, they don't get the chance to talk to the owner, pretty much not. I will coach somebody through it. Someone else will be, uh, my management team, as you might know, um, are part owners of the company. And if somebody says, now they don't own a huge amount of it, but they own enough to be able to say, I am an owner. Mm -hmm. And so when we uh, talk to a, a, you know, a customer wants to talk to an owner, um, you know, a management member is going to say, I'm an owner and I'm here to solve the problem. And, um, you know, that's what I want to do from now on. I don't want to solve problems. I want to help other people solve problems and then hopefully work myself out of a job and then still be able to have some kind of a guidance role, which is the best role, right? Just to be able yeah. to guide and, yep. and cultivate. <laughs> and that's fun. Um, but to share the problems, get other people to solve problems which, by the way, ultimately is not even as emotional anymore, so you don't feel them quite the same way when, you have, when you're helping somebody else solve them. So, so with uh, resilience, persistence, gratitude, and a planning team, uh, and um, you uh, communicating your expectations to your people, you'll just be able to navigate uh, whatever is coming our way a lot better, Ma. Right, you just will. And I think it'll be timely for us in a couple of months to revisit. I mean, we'll see, you know, we're in early August or mid-August right now, so we'll do a check-in, I think, yeah. mid, mid to late October and Good. see where our, our head's at. And well, in the meantime, I have a couple of recommendations. I was just saying on the run that we should, you should, so if you know who you're gonna vote for, then you probably should just stay out of the politics because it's just not, I mean, if it's, if it's totally entertaining to you, knock yourself out. But generally, it's, it's not really constructive to your life. Uh, social media, I've gotten rid of it. That was a suggestion that you talked about one of our other members getting off of social media. I can't tell you how much, how much better I feel off of social media. We, we, I was joking. Um, like a lot of times, social media was me and my wife having a picnic um, on our camping trip. I would send a picture to you guys. 
Not on social media. I just sent a text. That a was picture. your version of social media. Yeah, my version of social media. <laughs> a picture of us enjoying a lunch with the Rocky Mountains behind us. But how about like the rainstorm that we were in? And how about yeah. some of the problems that we were having? You know, when my wife busted her ankle or whatever. So Those things didn't get seen. They don't get seen, yeah. yeah. So life, the problem life is with pretty. social media is it distorts reality. Mm -hmm. And the problem with a lot of the news is it distorts reality. There's too much news. You can't handle it. It doesn't affect you. Indulge in it very, very, very little bit. You shouldn't yeah, be indulging in this. I find that if you can keep your mind free on what it is that you need to do to run your business using some of those other parameters of compassion and gratitude, that you'll be able to like sleep at night and be in a comfortable place and endure the next 20 odd miles until this is it's, over. Yeah, we are in the beginning of the marathon. It's even though well, at least we, well, maybe we're at mile eight. Maybe we're miling. Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk to you again in the fall time, late fall, mm -hmm. and we'll look at at um, some really aggressive ways to survive the winter. Get on the balls of your feet and plant. Well, I myself am looking forward to that conversation. But in the meantime, Kevin, Brian, thanks so much for your afternoon discussion, and we look forward to the next. Thanks, Ma. Thank you. Thanks, Ma. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm located outside Philadelphia, PA. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.